Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, Stephanie Goss and I got a good one today. What do you do when the whole team seems to have forgotten their jobs? What do you do when everybody starts making mistakes for no reason? Steph and I unpack it. This is actually a really good one. I hope you guys will enjoy it and I will see you on the other side. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie. I ain't as good as I once was, guys. <laughs> That's a good one. How's it going? But Andy? I'm as good once as I ever was. All right. How are you doing today? I am good. I am good. We uh, we had some snow this weekend, so uh, which was perfect timing because we just finished our first practice manager summit. And for the first time I tried to run the conference from my house with my children home versus working offsite. Uh, And I was quite nervous about that, but snow day meant I kicked them outside all day long and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, my hands are turning black. Stay out there. Uh yeah, they had a great time this weekend and now we're back to our Washington normal of rain, rain everywhere. So, you know, it's good. How's things with you? Oh man, it's good. It's good. This podcast when this podcast comes out, it'll be the middle of March. Yep. And uh, you know, it's always been there's been a saying in my family, it's like if you just make it to March 15th, you'll be fine. And what <laughs> that means is once we hit March 15th, the spring is coming. Yes. You know? Like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be honest. So I, I am fired up knowing that we are making a podcast that will be coming out in about two weeks and that will be March 15th. And it makes me so happy. Got it. I, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, the thought of some sunshine and warmth, even though it won't actually get warm here until after July 4th, uh, <laughs> the idea of some warmth and sunshine is, is very powerful motivation tool to get through the last couple of weeks of winter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's get straight into this. We've got um we have a fun one that uh we have seen a lot of recently. Yes. yes. Oh yes. Everyone seems to have forgotten what they do. <laughs> That's it. They've all forgotten what they do for a living. Oh, it's very I have to laugh because if I don't laugh as a manager I will cry. I I feel this one this one came into us uh you know through the mailbag but I have seen this on repeat in all of the groups that I'm in uh, all the manager groups I'm in. And I I saw this uh someone post a very a variation of this in one of the managers groups and my response was oh my god so it's not just me. <laughs> Because I have been feeling this hard. So the the question was, is anyone else having a serious issue with your team not following through with anything and everything? And are you finding yourself now having to babysit and micromanage everyone? I have a very small team. There's less than, I think there's five people total. And I find that even with having uh, regular monthly meetings, as well as communicating with them on a daily basis on what I expect And being very open to questions and concerns that I am still having an awful time with them following any of our protocols. Any advice would be appreciated. Yeah, I get it. And this, this just, it seems to happen. It's wildly frustrating. I'll tell you, um, for, for here, here, here's how my heart feels about this problem. It feels, uh, so huge and nebulous. It's really intimidating. You know what I mean? It's like no one is doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a it feels like a, a gaseous problem. Like I can't grab it. I can't, you know, I can kind of shoo it, but like I can't get my arms around this in any way, shape, or form because it just it feels like it's everywhere and it's all encompassing. And I don't even know where to begin addressing it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I feel about this problem, and it, it can it affects me in a way that a lot of other problems don't because it's just 
it feels horrible and nebulous. It, it really does kind of like an existential problem of no one is doing anything and I don't know what to say or do or where to go. And so that that's the emotional reaction I have to this problem. Yeah. Right. Like I think I think I feel the same way. Um I the the day that I I saw some the the variation on this posted in one of my managers' groups, I had actually been in the clinic and um I, as I made my way from our team door, which is in the very back of the hospital, in through the whole hospital, it was like I watched someone in every room of the building doing something where I went, what is happening right now? Like, did you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> did you forget how to do your jobs? And And I did. I stood up in the lobby and I had that moment of like, I need 16 octopus arms to deal with this because everybody is affected and I don't know where to start. You know, it's super easy if you if you have one person or one problem that is happening, but when it's the same problem applied across the whole team, it does feel very very nebulous and very overwhelming in terms of where do I start with yeah. tackling this? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Well, let's <clears throat> let's go ahead and start to let's start to break this apart because it it, we have the first thing we have to do is get it into concrete terms that you can work on and i I think for me that takes the fear and the confusion out of it and i'm like okay now i know now i know what i have to do uh i still have to do the work of doing it but i i know what i have to do and that that just that makes all the difference in the world so yeah i think number one is um is just not feeling like you're alone and knowing that this happens to all of us like even even really good teams, people just it feels like everyone just kind of forgets what they're doing, and they just uh, you know it just I I don't I don't I can't really diagnose and say why does this happen I I don't really know why it happens um, it I think a lot of times it has external factors things outside of the practice uh, yeah. and so in this case you know pan, there's pandemic stuff going on and so I think that that's a big part of it but there's stuff outside of the practice there's uh there's definitely like a a compounding effect of multiple people not getting their stuff done and then everyone kind of reacts to this feeling that no one's doing anything and you know and then yes. they change their behaviors and so it really spirals across the team and uh, I I think that 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 has a big role in it um I, I think uh, oftentimes, and I'm not, I don't know about this case because they didn't, they didn't tell me. That. I guess my question back to the writer would be, you're small. Are you growing? You know what I mean? Did you used to be smaller? Or do you, yeah, are, are you growing? Um, because I've just seen that triggered a lot too of there's change and there's growth and there's new people coming in. It's not about mm-hmm. the size of the practice. In fact, you can be small and you add one new person and that's a 20% increase in your size. Right. And then everything just kind of spins spins off the axis because it, that's a big change. So so yeah, sometimes growth is tied to it, especially growth when you hit a certain size. You know, anecdotally for me, it's a, it's about when the practice goes to about twenty people. Um, that's when that's when I see major communication problems because the way we used to communicate doesn't work with that many people. Yep. Uh, and so I just I see that again and again. That's not the case here, but it's, it definitely is on my list as I start to run through my diagnostic checks. Well, so let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's use my practice as an example because that's us. Like we are we are at that twenty person team size, and we also have uh, what you mentioned, which is that we've got a bunch of newer people. Um, I think mm-hmm. we have had six new people in the last six to nine months. So we've got people who are still learning and growing. We're at that size where communication is a challenge. We have a big building, two stories. So people are running around the building, uh, you know, all day long. So I, it's, I think maybe, maybe this is why this resonated so, so hard with me because that, you know, all of those things are, are my team. And the way that I ha- looked at it is that I view the behavior of uh, not doing their job, not not knowing what their job is or acting like they don't know what their job is and not not doing the things that they are supposed to do as kind of a side effect to um in this case I think for for my team it certainly feels like overwhelm everything is changing we've got new people new protocols 
new, uh, you know, new changes with COVID. Like you mentioned, there's a there's a pandemic ha- happening, and we're back to um, changes happening in terms of opening up uh, things again, and um, you know, new rules changing, and so the flow of communication changes every day. And so when I sat down and thought about this and tried to troubleshoot it for myself. That was kind of where I pinpoint from a headspace perspective is like, look, they're they're overwhelmed. Everything is changing. And this behavior can absolutely be a side effect of that overwhelm. And the where I landed from a headspace perspective is I want to feel solidly like I can give them grace and I can give them compassion and understanding as a manager. And I should also be able to expect accountability at the same time. And I think a lot of times for managers, we struggle to feel like those things are mutually exclusive and we can't, you know, give them grace and compassion and give them a little bit of a pass and have accountability at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Let's talk a bit about that. So, all right, let, let's get into headspace a little bit here. And again, and we're sort of talking in in broad terms, mm-hmm. just because because this is a broad and nebulous issue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very much the um, this is very much a, a duality issue, right? This is this is the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. And so, what what often happens? And so, let me try to lay this down, and you'll see why change is kind of an underlying part of it. Um, so what often happens is that we start with chaos, right? Yep. So we've got people together and we brought them together to do a thing and, and they're all different people and we don't know what we're doing. And then the natural state of most organizations is to work towards um, order, right? Mm-hmm. Like we try to work towards protocols sure. and we try to work towards systems. And so what generally tends to happen is that people look at this and they go, well, Order and systems are the winner. They are the elevated state. They are the evolved position. Sure. But that's not exactly true. It really is the yin and the yang where there's some in one and some in the other and they need each other. So what, what tends to happen is there's chaos and then we get into orders and systems. But then the world changes. And I mean it when I say the world changes. I don't necessarily just mean your practice. One of the things that can happen is people coming into the practice or new leadership or just more hands or more bodies or things like that. That can change the world. But I do also think that sometimes change is outside of the practice. So like with this pandemic, people have responsibilities and time commitments and stressors they didn't have. And so that does change the world. Where we often end up with these problems in my experience is that the world changes, but our systems persist. Mm -hmm. And that looks like everyone falling off the wagon. Sure. So what I mean is, yeah, so so what I mean is, um, we have a way that we do everything, and this is what happens. And then we hire our first practice manager. And now we have a manager. And all of a sudden, we have all these systems that were built with us not having a practice manager. Yes. And some people will be like, follow the system. And right. other people will be like, what are we doing now? Because, right. <laughs> because it's not the same. And so some people will not follow the system anymore because, because usually it's like the manager has told them something that conflicts with the system and now they're confused. Sure. And they don't know what they're doing. Uh, a lot of people are looking at the manager going, this is the system and it has always been the system. But I feel like this should be the practice manager's job and I don't want to take something away from him or, you know what I mean, or do something I'm not supposed to do. And so I'm going to let this be. Yeah. And other people just go, I know what the system is, but I can't do this. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I'm not able. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm, rather than communicate, I can't do this. I'm going to just kind of take my hands off of the wheel because I the system is set and it feels rigid and I can't do it, so I'm going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the I don't, I don't know if I've laid that down very clearly, but that that's that's basically what I see when people forget what their jobs are. Usually, is they have not they have not forgotten. 
usually what happened is their jobs are not working anymore for some reason. Yes. And that's also why it seems to be systemic. You know, granted, if there's one person who is uh, having a problem with their job, it could very much be the exact same thing for that person. Usually when it feels like everyone has forgotten their job, and that's why I asked about is the place growing or there underlying right. changes. Usually there's some kind of systemic thing that has caused the ground to shift and so that the systems we have built no longer apply or uh, can be applied or should apply. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. And so that's that's really it. The dynamic organization is the one that starts in chaos and goes to order mm -hmm. and then recognizes the ground shifting. And then they go back into chaos a bit and say, okay, let's go back and look at the problem again and reorganize. And then let's make new systems or let's go into chaos and then let's update systems and let's move people around. And so there's going to be a little bit of chaos. And then we're going to reorganize again. And that's very much the yin and the yang of chaos and order. Yes. Another, another way to look at it is that people work in their business versus on their business. And so a lot of times we get into working in our business and everyone has their thing and they put their head down and the world changes. And now is the time to look up, look at the world, look at our business, make some changes, and then go back to working in our business. But people struggle with that transition of going from we're working in the business to, oh, the systems that we built are no longer working for us. We need to work on the business and then go back to working in the business. And so that handoff between order and chaos and in the business versus on the business, uh, that, that really screws people up. And the last, the last way I sort of lay it down, because all these are they're slightly different, but they all, they all lay on the same, on the same earth, um, is goals and processes. Right when we start our when we start our team, we're like, "What is the goal? What are we trying to do here? What 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 is what do we have to accomplish in a day?" And so we start with that, and then we make processes to accomplish those things. Sure. And then the world changes, and our processes become inefficient or confusing, mm -hmm. or you know, or uh, yeah, or questioned or whatever. And we struggle to go back to the goals and say, "Okay, uh, the world's changed. Let's reassess our goals." which may be the same, and they may be different, and then we need to rebuild our processes based on our adjusted goals. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I really do feel like often when everyone forgets their job, it is that level of uh, world shifting under your feet that is causing this. Yeah. And I think, um, I think where a lot of practices are struggling right now, and you, I think, very much just hit this on the head for me, I think a lot of practices are struggling right now with um, being in survival mode mm -hmm. and trying, having something like curbside service mm -hmm. that is overwhelmingly inefficient. It's wrought mm -hmm. with inefficiency, you know, from start to finish. And so we're all in survival mode still trying to figure out how to make this more efficient. And that is a time where it is very, very hard, even for very high functioning teams or very skilled um, leaders to force the entire group to zoom out mm -hmm. and look at it at a mile high view and say, how do we change our like, what are what are our goals? What are we looking at? Like that when you're in survival mode, you go into tunnel vision and so it becomes very hard to get the team to pull out of that and zoom out to the mile high view. Yeah. And that makes so much sense to me now why this has been such a struggle uh, for my team in particular um, over yeah. this last few weeks because that is that is very much it. We are working in survival mode. We're working with old systems that we know are dysfunctional, that we yeah. know aren't really working, but we haven't taken the time we haven't forced ourselves to set aside the time to zoom out and say okay what are we actually trying to do here what are yeah. we trying to accomplish what are our goals are they the same as they were six months ago or have they changed and if they changed it's okay that they've changed yep let's just acknowledge that and then figure out how to move forward as a team that's so that's so 
It's so brilliant. Thank you. See, this is why I love doing the podcast because <laughs> it always happens that we're talking through something when I'm struggling the most with it at the clinic. And this that when I like I told you when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, I want to talk about this. And at the same time, I have no idea how to talk about this because I'm str- I'm in the thick of it mm-hmm. and I'm struggling, too. But that makes total sense to me. Yeah, it, it feels so overwhelming. You know, the thing that compounds it. Uh, I just sort of make make the picture maybe more clear. I'm curious if if you see this way. It, people tend to panic in two ways, right? So so when the world changes and everyone knows the system is inefficient, and, but they're you know and and they're and they're struggling and blah blah blah. Uh, there's two kinds of panic. There's the kind of panic where people uh, panic, and so they grab more tightly to existing yep. protocols, sure. and they're mm-hmm. like, "This is what is written in the book. Yes. This is the answer." <laughs> you know, and they get like dogmatic about it. Yes. And, and and so what happens with those people is their flexibility decreases because in order to feel safe, they cling tightly to what has been written down or done before. And so their flexibility decreases because they cling to established protocols and this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And then the other side people, they just let go. They're like, this doesn't work. So I'm just going to freestyle. And so they just, and so they abandon protocols and go right. to freestyle. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so then you've got freestyle and people who are freaking out because yes. the rules are not being followed <laughs> and, and those people and are being, and they're, and they're being inflexible. Yeah. And so then it's just complete misconnections. And, and that's, that's where the chaos comes from. So it's funny. Um, so when I look at this, uh, there's, there's a, there's advice I would have given earlier in my career and there's advice I'll give now. <laughs> I, I think earlier in my career, what I would have said, I think at this point in the conversation, I would have pivoted and said, let's talk about accountability. Sure. Because we need to hold people accountable. And what I would say now is that when everyone forgets their job and they previously did their jobs, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that these people uh suddenly need a lessons on accountability. You know what I mean? Like this was working before and now it's not. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that digging into accountability is the answer for these questions. Usually the answer is not in trying to hold people ac- accountable when everyone forgets their job, because I've seen this and I've tried this. And what happens is you're, <laughs> you're chasing around panicking people trying to then hold them accountable. <laughs> As they're panicking, uh-huh. right? Yep. And yep. and it's complete disaster of you know what I mean of yeah. like the and and yeah and the process people are like I'm doing the process and you're you know and and they don't want to be held accountable for anything except the process that they have been doing and and then the other people are going this is insane this is none of this is working like right. this is insane <laughs> and so so then you're then you're holding people accountable to things that they don't believe in. Or that aren't working or they haven't bought into or that are not realistic, which is why they stopped doing it in the first place. And so that is the big tr- trap that I have seen people fall into is they look at everyone forgets their job and they think this is a, a problem accountability. I have found that that is generally not the case uh, for, in my experience. So, so I would propose something different. Uh, as, and we can definitely review accountability. Uh, and I think that that's a good part of reestablishing processes. But I think that there's a big step between now and then. Okay. So before we dive into that, should we take a break and then come back and talk about it? Definitely. Let's do it. Oh, man. All right. I am so excited. We have so much good stuff coming up in Charted. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we've got coming up? Heck yeah. Uh, first things up is my personal branding talk. I'm talking about marketing for uh, veterinarians or people who want to grow their relationships with uh, with pet owners, honestly. So that's uh, that's the big thing. If you have any interest in uh, in social media and blogging, podcasting, writing, uh, things like that, then this would be a great workshop for you. It is uh, free to our members. It is 99 bucks for the public, which is a super steal. It's two hours. It's on March 28th. And then, Stephanie Goss, we have the big daddy, the April Uncharted Conference. This is the granddaddy of them all. It's our marketing strategy <laughs> conference. This is the one that started them all. It is virtual this year. Mm-hmm. It is going to be all about simplifying and streamlining your communications to do more with what you already have. That is going to be April 22nd through the 25th. 
uh, is registration is now open. We will put links for all of this down in the show notes. So excited. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. Let's, um, so let's get back into this. Mm-hmm. It's easy to look at everyone forgetting their jobs and be like, the answer is accountability. I have not found that to be the case. What I have found is that when everyone forgets their jobs, I need to let go as the leader for a second. And that's, okay. that's hard. Okay. But like, hear me out. This is, so I'll give you an example from my personal life recently that I have seen. <laughs> oh, um, boy. <laughs> yeah. So my daughters both have, uh, have a hobby. Mm-hmm. And so they do this. It's like gymnastic stuff. So they do gymnastic stuff, right? Um, and my younger daughter complains every day. Like every, <laughs> like every day there's a problem. You know what I mean? Okay. Like she's, she's like, she's claiming injuries that she hears her mom. And I, she's like, my back hurts. I'm like, you're nine years old. Your back doesn't hurt. My knees, Hannah, nine years old. You're made of rubber. You know, like I saw you, uh, you know, playing uh, couch fort and bending yourself into a pretzel earlier. Like your right. your knees don't hurt. And every day it's a different thing. And it's just, it's just this constant thing. Like I'm, I'm hungry. I don't want to. My stomach hurts. And for months, <laughs> we have... Tried to troubleshoot this and been like, we brought you a snack so you wouldn't be hungry. And, you know, we brought you not a big snack so your stomach wouldn't hurt. And let's work on your stretching, which is ridiculous for a nine-year-old. But like, we go, oh, all of these things. And finally, at some point, you have to stop and you have to let go and be like, all right, let's talk about why we do gymnastics. <laughs> you know? <laughs> let's talk about why we do gymnastics. Uh-huh. Do, you, or do you want to do this? Right. And if if you don't, you need to tell us so we can stop paying for it. Right. <laughs> and then and then tell us what you're going to do to be active during a pandemic. Right. You know, it just tell us because that is that is the thing that is going to happen. Like yeah. you're not going to watch screens all day every day. Right. Just all day most days. <laughs> like, right. And like, but just you know what I mean? That like, and why? That, that's it. But but it's like Going after each of the problems that she puts up ultimately is ridiculous. And at right. some point you have to say, do you want to do this? Because right. I'm not going to pay for it if you don't. And if you don't, what are you going to do instead? And let's have that high level conversation. And so bring that back to the topic at hand. It's easy to try to bear down and say, we're going to start holding people accountable. To me, that is grasping at this cloud. You know what I yeah. mean? And it just, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it's not, it's not productive. It's, it's, the, the problem is too fluid for you to really just grab and, and work with that way. And so what I have found the answer to be is when you feel this way and everyone has forgotten their jobs, it's time for a team meeting. Yeah. You know, and if you've got a big place that may be uh, broken up by departments, but in this case of our writer, she's got five people. It is time to have lunch together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say, guys, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and have some specifics and just have, you know, come with specifics. Not trying to call people out, but be like yesterday. I talk a lot about what we did yesterday. We had people waiting forever and we got into an argument about this thing and we went home and the back door was left unlocked. Right. Or the or the lab samples didn't get put out. Exactly. Or right. the phones the didn't get turned over or, you know, that yeah. I think those are the kind of examples that people have been giving is like the basic foundational stuff that should be no brainers. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. should leave the building and turn, lock all the doors and turn on the alarm. That should not be something that is ever forgotten about by people, but it's the kind of thing that's forgotten yep. about now. Yep. Totally. A hundred percent. And that, that, and that's exactly the type of stuff that you get. And so I suspect that, and again, this goes back to my own my own examples and experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably less a protocol problem than a we're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. we're confused, we're you know we're burned out type problem. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, first of all, let me just say for people who are throwing their hands up and going, well, how do I fix that? Just having the conversation is probably the greatest thing, most valuable thing that you can do mm-hmm. is just say to them, guys, what is going on? Because a lot of times just for people to admit and say, we just can't get it all done. We've, we've just got too much. Uh, just to define the problem, that, that is the first step. Right. Because then it, it takes your problem, which is this nebulous gas cloud issue that you can't put your hands around, and it turns it into something that you can put your hands around. Well, and the other thing that it does is it invites them to the table of mm-hmm. creating a solution because they feel heard and seen and they are going to be more motivated to have the conversation about how do we fix this versus you trying to apply an external force and fix it of saying this is our system these are our protocols do it or here's the consequences like when we go through the normal natural disciplinary path in our practices looks like that for, for most mm-hmm. of us. And so when you try and apply that outside force in this case, they're not a part of the solution at all. Right. And in fact, we're adding more if if they're feeling overwhelmed. Can't imagine mm-hmm. why anybody would be feeling overwhelmed right now. And if they're feeling like they are teetering on a very narrow ledge, which can't imagine that either, um, the, you know, applying the external force could be a breaking point versus opening up the conversation in a way that creates safety and makes them be a part of the solution to say, how, you know, what's what's going on? Well, I will tell you, I came to the belief that I have just shared, uh, not through sitting in meditation and enlightenment, but from <laughs> applying external force and having it explode <laughs> in my face face you know and having lots of crying people quitting and leaving like that is like i this is one of the lessons i teach from experience because i say i i detonated this in my own face probably a dozen times before i was like okay and now i have that uh built-in biological reaction you know how like when you've been poisoned and you see a thing that gave you food poisoning, your body is like your evolutionary nope. caveman body is like, don't eat the cauliflower. Uh, <laughs> like, that is the feeling I have when people go, everyone forgot their job. And my stomach goes, don't eat the cauliflower. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I won't because I've been poisoned by this cauliflower before. Oh, <laughs> But you're right. So, so yeah. So here's, here's my experience is, is there's something going on. The world has changed. Right. The boss coming through and knocking heads and talking about accountability and repercussions from failing to perform does not seem to fix the problem. (laughs) In fact, what I generally find is the problem often um, has very little to do with me as a person, as a leader, as an individual. Right. Um, And also, I find that I rarely have the power to fix the problem. Sure. And so you go, well, what do you mean? You don't have the power to fix the problem? Like, yeah, I can't fix this pandemic thing. Mm -hmm. I can't fix the fact that clients are blowing up the phones and want to come in and be seen. I can't fix that. My question in these conversations often has, has become, well, can I fix it? And the answer is generally no. But then the answer, or then the question is, how can I support you? Right. And I don't know the answer to that until I ask. It's amazing how many times I've tried to support people in the wrong way and I've been frustrated and they've been frustrated and the whole thing has just gotten worse as opposed to just saying, guys, let's talk about this. Right. And then saying, I know the phones are like, what can I do to support you? And then let them tell me. And that has always been the best outcome that I've ever, that I've ever been able to achieve is help. T- what is going on? What can we do as a group? How can I support you guys? And then they will make new protocols, you know, and they will rework what they're doing. And if they can't, then they'll at least feel heard and they'll tell me we need more food in the break room. And I'm like, I will write that check every day. (laughs) Like, I will write that check. If there's an exchange for, yeah, exchange (laughs) for a, a lack of crying. I will write the check for more food in the break room. If that's what if that's what people need. 
you know. <laughs> we are we are easily bribed with ice cream. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't, you know, whenever we, whenever we make food jokes, people are like, how dare you? <laughs> it's not that simple. Well, it's not that simple if you think that ice cream is going to solve problems. If you have acknowledged that you cannot solve this problem and they don't know how to solve this problem, but we're going to make the absolute best of this situation and then ice cream is great. But yeah. it, re it really is tied to having the conversation about what's going on. Yeah. What can we do as a group? How can I support you guys? And I, I'm, it, it's, it's amazing how far you can come. And the other thing I'll tell you as a leader What's good for me is my expectations get adjusted, you know, right. because a lot of times I'm like, everyone forgot their job because my expectation is that they're going to function as they did uh, in the past. So, so let's use the right. pandemic again. And I was joking about you. Uh, and we were joking with you at, at the very beginning. when We talked about locking the kids outside, you know what I mean? And things like that. Right. But it's like, Stephanie, that's real. And like one of the things that I have had to adjust my expectations over the pandemic is, uh, um, every people have got kids at home and, you know, and they've got, they've got stress and things like that. And it's, it's, it's hard for them to, they just can't get in and do work and things like they used to. And, um, mm -hmm. once that became my expectation, then I, then the pain went away, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the frustration went away. And right. I just feel like at some point you have to say, Hey, this is a pandemic. Like people are not as available as they would be otherwise. Yeah. And if you just, if you take that and internalize it, it makes you not so unhappy when people are not as available. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's setting your own expectations. But I think uh, from a leadership standpoint, I think that is a danger of us having the expectations of our staff that we had when there wasn't a pandemic going on. And you go, well, that's just not reality. And so mm -hmm. I that doesn't mean we're going to throw up our hands and just be like, you know what? Let's shut down for a couple of months. I'm not, I'm not saying that we've, we've got to, we've got to see the cases at the same time. We can also adjust our expectations of, of what people are going to be able to do and, you know, and make a plan that's as reasonable as it can possibly be. And that's good for my staff. It's also just good for me and my mental health. Yeah, totally. And, and I think going back to, um, you know, talking about asking them what do they what do they need? Like what, you know, where where are they at? Is it is it that they need a break? Do they need to see a little bit less clients in the day? Do they do are they not getting lunch breaks? So they are hangry. Like that's a real thing that's happening to a lot of our teams. And I know we joke about uh being food motivated in veterinary medicine, but it is true. Like a lot of our teams are working through lunches right now and not mm -hmm. getting breaks and not getting um, you know, to, to go outside, they, they get there at dark and they leave at dark. And like, this is a hard time of year for that in normal circumstances, not when they're going a hundred miles an hour from the second they set foot inside the door. And so by involving them in the creation of solutions mm -hmm. and inviting them to the table to be a part of the conversation and say, what would work for you? It you I I think you're totally spot on with it allowing you to have yourself be in a good mental space and let go of some of the expectations you have, but it also allows you to create new expectations for them with them. So if they say that the old systems are not working and they ask you to flex and to put new systems in place and to try new things on the flip side of that, it also makes your job easier so that when you're doing the things that they helped create and it's still not working, the ability to apply that external pressure and say, we, you know, you guys suggested that all you needed was this and it's still not working. The front door is still unlocked. The labs didn't go out again. I need there to be a solution to this because this cannot happen. They've been involved in that process. It makes it significantly easier to approach the conversation and apply that external force than if 
you tried to take your system, which to them feels like a square peg you're trying to shove in a round hole, um, it makes it far easier to have that that conversation about accountability down the road. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, the other the other thing that I'll add is um, dropped balls are generally a sign of uh, of overwhelm yeah. or over or or being stretched too thin. Yep. And so I I, I will say that I, I learned that as a personal thing for me. The the leading indicator for me that I am doing too much is is I start making mistakes in mundane things. Yep. Like I don't make mistakes in the things that matter because I am fully focused on those things. But it's my brain is too spread thin and I leave the house with the door unlocked. Yep. Or, you know, um, or I commit to something. Uh, I commit to two things at the same time. Yep. Or I, uh, you, yeah, or I somehow end up frantically rushing to my wife and saying, I'm supposed to do this thing with the kids, and I also committed this other thing. Can you bail me out? Right. Those things happen when I am spread too thin. Yep. And it just, it's, it took me years to figure that out. But man, I see that as a big waving flag. Whenever I'm like, oh, I forgot the kids have drama, even though they have drama every Thursday and I scheduled this other thing. Right. Um, right. It's you. It's easy just to be like, oh, you know what, Andy, everybody makes mistakes. And I go, no, that is the exact kind of mistake that I make when I am doing too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's a leading indicator, meaning things are going to get worse. Yeah. Because as they get worse, if I don't change this, it's a matter of time until I make a mental mistake. Um in something that does matter and that's a surgery, you know, or, or something right. like that. And so I go, okay, I recognize these flags of these balls getting dropped early. And that's, a, that's a problem. And again, if it happens, if it happens one time and it's one person, that doesn't really mean uh, anything significant, but if everyone is leaving the safe open and, you know, um, you know, and not turning the phones over and mm-hmm. things like that, then mm-hmm. this is a flag that your people are overwhelmed and they are they are making mistakes. And those mistakes are going to get worse if you don't make some adjustments. And again, um, holding them accountable when they're making mistakes because they're overwhelmed compounds the problem instead of relieving it. I, I agree. And I, I also think that this ties to something that we've done several episodes about recently in terms of we can't be all things to all people. And if the team is totally overwhelmed, the answer is probably going to lie in making some adjustments so that we bring down that level of overwhelm. And that is often why as managers, as practice owners, as leaders, a lot of us struggle with addressing this because we know we can see the overwhelm. I I have done this as a manager. I've stared at this problem and said, I see their overwhelm. I see the chaos. I know that the answer lies in seeing a few less patients and adjusting the schedule um, or taking things that have always been priority off of the priority list and letting them go home at the end of their shift versus staying until every single phone call is complete or whatever that is. Like it looks a different, it looks different in every single one of our practices. But as a manager, like I've sat there and stared at that problem in the face and known the answer, but I have not been able to flex those boundaries and mm-hmm. and shift into the space of knowing that we cannot be all things to all people. We cannot yeah. work ourselves to death. And so if uh you know, if that's you if you're sitting there, we've uh we've had some great conversations recently on the podcast about the fact that we can't do all things for all people. We can't be all things for all people. We can't see all the pets and we have to have some boundaries. And the answer to this if your team is all truly overwhelmed, it, the answer may lie in being more uh, uh, hiring more staff because if you only have five people and you have added another doctor, now mm-hmm. maybe the answer is as simple as you just are understaffed and you need more people. For sure. a lot of us, the answer lies in being honest about um, the fact that we can't do all the things and we probably need to do some adjusting um, in terms of our schedule and our boundaries. Yeah. I no, I I completely agree with all of that. So I, I think that's that's 
that that to me that that's the key. Uh, everyone forgetting their job is usually a systemic problem, yeah, and not an accountability problem. Accountability is usually a single person, uh, a single person problem. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. It's just he, he, I guess here here's here's the Jedi trick. As the leader, when these things start to happen, your instinct is most likely to grab on and bear down, and that is the opposite of what is going to get you the results. The The enlightened maneuver is recognizing that this is an across-the-board problem, resisting the urge to bear down, and instead lean back, open up the conversation, and have the talk with the gang about what's going on right mm -hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt talk about how they are a wonderful team and this is not like them and right what's going what's going on guys like what well, the we're i feel like we're on the struggle bus here what is that what is happening and then listen and if it's something that you can help them with then help them with it and if it's something you can't help them with you, you acknowledge that it's a problem you acknowledge yeah. it's a struggle and you say, I, I know, I don't know what to do about this. How can I support you guys in this? And maybe they can think about it and come back. But um, how can I support you is a, is a big, that's a big deal. It's a big mental deal. But mm -hmm. um, soft approach will get you a lot farther than just ratcheting up the, the tension on them. Um, this was really good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking through this because like I said, we always seem to record these episodes when <laughs> I most <laughs> need help with a problem. And I am not afraid to admit that part of how I was approaching it was uh, freestyling on my own and just taking my hands off the wheel and saying, for the love of God, I can't deal with this. So I'm just going to yeah. let go. And also going back to the known tool as a manager, which is having systems, having processes mm -hmm. and following them and working your way through it. Like that's our home. That's our comfort place. And this absolutely needs you to get out of that home and out of that comfort place and open up and say, what's going on guys? Yeah. Like this is ever, this is not a, I can, I can talk to, I mean, you could, you could talk to all of them. You could tell them the expectation. You mm -hmm. could say, if we don't start start fixing this, I'm going to write you all up. You could write them all up. You could discipline them. You could walk through your process. And you're 100% right, Andy. Like that works. That works very effectively when you're talking about one person. But when you're talking about the mm -hmm. whole team, that's when you have to have to step back. And um, yeah, I <laughs> I have some stepping back to do with with my team for sure. I can. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Well, it's it's it, it's. It's always a process. It's always a journey. But here's the other thing too, just to be kind to yourself as a, as a leader and manager is you're just as overwhelmed as they are. You you're know right. what I mean? Like you're <laughs> just as overwhelmed as they are. And so mm -hmm. I think the idea that this is some failing on leadership, I, I, that's not fair. And that's not, yeah, that's not fair to you. That's well, at all. and I think that this is a situation where all of us, and this is where I need to shut up and take my own advice once in a while is this is absolutely a situation where we need to give ourselves a little grace yes, and, and recognize that this is not our fault because the default, like I'll, I'll be totally candid with you guys for a second. The default mode for me for the last probably six weeks has been when I get in bed at night and I think about everything that's going on in the practice, like it absolutely, my head has turned to, I am a crappy boss and I am a crappy leader and all of their failings sit on my shoulders. And that's something that I know a lot of us take on. And this is absolutely a place where we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace and be kind and say, this is, we are just as overwhelmed as they are. This is not all on us. We are not crappy bosses. We are not crappy leaders unless we're not feeding our teams when they need food. And then maybe... <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of crappiness in us but you know like we're doing a good job we are overwhelmed we are in a situation that none of us have ever faced before and we need to give ourselves all of us our our teams we're so good at giving our teams kindness and we're often really really bad at giving ourselves kindness and so yeah. to step back and say i am gonna 
I I may have been doing a crappy job and now I'm going to try and fix it. That's an okay space to be sitting there and telling yourself you suck at your job because your team isn't doing their jobs. That's that's not a good headspace to be in. Yeah, no, I would I would push that even farther and say the uh, here's the truth. Like hurry up and fail is is a perfectly acceptable acceptable mantra. Like I I I came to this point in this belief by detonating this bomb in my own face right. multiple <laughs> times. Right. And and I'll still tell you, like, when I'm stressed and these things happen, I generally get a couple of electric shocks before I go, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and step back, which means you still, you try it. Well, I mean, you can, here, here's, here's the thing. You can try accountability stuff. You can try to call them in and call them out and do those things. It's not going to work. It, you know what I mean? And you're going to experience this negative feedback. So even if you go, I'm going to try this. You can try it. You probably you probably won't have a mass quitting event because mm-hmm. you would go, oh, this is not working, you know, right. and, and you would back off. So it, it's not like, oh, abject failure, because that's that's not what happened. The other thing I would tell you, too, is that if you have done the other groundwork that we talk about all the time and you build those trusting relationships, um, somebody will tell you to your face, <laughs> that this is stupid. <laughs> And this is not working, and I don't know how to do this, and this is a terrible idea, and I'm not going to do the thing that you asked me to do. And so sometimes we get there, we get there by, uh, you know, rather circuitous uh, routes, I guess. But yeah, so th- that that happens too. It's not like you would never figure it out. I think you would figure out that, you know. Um, accountability is it's not it's just not working i'm not making any headway and at some point someone would go i hate this and it's not working and this sucks and it's stupid and hopefully again this goes to uh the the test for that is can you hear someone when they're telling you things in a way you don't like um, right th- that but but ultimately i think people people tend to get there all right my friend that's all i've got on this Yep. Have a fantastic week, you guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your teams. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you later. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you have thought about being an Uncharted member and you haven't jumped in on it yet, now is a good time. You can catch the uh, personal branding workshop that I'm going to do. You can get in on the April conference, all that sort of stuff. Head over to UnchartedVet.com and learn more. But I would love to see you in our community. Take care. Be well. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.